Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Actually, I'm Oscar Isaac doing my British accent. I can't tell if it's a dream or a reality. Yeah, it sounds it sounds really fake. <laughs> <laughs> We listened to uh, the Weekly Planet, an Australian movie podcast, and it's, it reminds me of their Tom Holland voice that they do. I think it's more accurate as Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight from the yeah. two trailers that we've seen. Yeah, that's the, that makes sense. Oscar <laughs> Isaac. It's like high-pitched. I don't know. It'll, it'll be an adjustment. But, yeah, uh, it will. More on Moon Knight later, <laughs> am I right, Holden? Yeah. Got him. Uh, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of The Tragedy of Macbeth, streaming on Apple TV Plus, and uh, The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 4. That one movie podcast. Tomp. First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. And we will not review any Toms this week. It's over, okay? Sorry. We'll bring it back. We'll reboot that maybe at some point later down the line. We'll see. The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. I'm so excited to talk about trailers, news. What do we got first? Hold on. Okay, first off, we do have the aforementioned Moon Knight trailer, Uh, the new uh, Disney Plus Marvel show. The the character of the same name, as we did mention earlier, he's played by Oscar Isaac in this series. Uh, what do you think of the trailer, Jimmy? Um, interesting, different. I mean, when you when we first talked about this show being made, it was kind of pitched to me that Moon Knight is like Batman of the MCU, and okay, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> doesn't really seem like it uh, based on this trailer. It looks interesting. It looks weird. Weird doesn't necessarily mean good, but it can be good. And, you know, it looks weird, which is kind of encouraging because I would say the weirder stuff from the MCU, at least on Disney Plus, has been better Mm -hmm. in terms of WandaVision, Loki, and the more by-the-numbers MCU stuff, Captain America, no, Cap, Falcon (laughs) and the, the whatever that, whatever that show is called, (laughs) Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and, uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye. yes, the <laughs> which we just saw. <laughs> <laughs> Those uh, not my favorites, as we have gone into detail about in our backlog. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, shameless plug there. Um, yeah, this looks interesting. I mean, it looks different. Great. Uh, I like that. Uh, second point, ancient Egypt stuff in there. Always a good thing for me. That's yeah, my content that I teach about. Super interesting. You'll be, you'll be able to show this entire series in your class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, kids. <laughs> Here's some education for you. Uh, but uh, I can be like, hey, kids, you see that new Moon Knight trailer? You see those pyramids in there? <laughs> you, I mean, he looks kind of like a mummy. Is that, I don't know anything about Moon Knight. Hold on. Do you I know anything? Not really, aside from like the funny stuff that he like the more like 
weird stuff like that famous panel of him yelling at dracula calling him a nerd or whatever that's that's pretty funny but i like i don't beyond that i don't know a ton i think like maybe i had initially said he was like batman but i think it's like daredevil is closer to being marvel's batman i this is he's yeah he's dark and broody but i mean he's got like some multiple personality stuff kind of going on um and it looks like he has some sort of powers related to magic or some sort of ancient egypt ties so yeah he's working at a museum might maybe he's uh bumping elbows with uh diana diana prince is that uh wonder woman yeah i'm pretty sure that's her last name whatever it is uh wonder woman (laughs) gal gadot (laughs) um so that's that's a plus always a plus for me you know yeah a good year for ancient history in mcu i gotta say or a good last six months uh anywho totally forgot ethan hawk is gonna be in this yeah yeah as the villain i guess he he, the character's name didn't sound familiar but apparently he the character is like some sort of cult leader and uh ethan hawk's performance he's been basing off of the like waco guy oh yeah cannot remember his name i can't either (laughs) so i said the waco guy (laughs) um yeah no i'm i'm uh my interest has been peaked that's what i I, so i'll give it a broca i mean i i'm not like whoa my gosh i cannot wait but i'm like i hope it's good yeah yeah i give this a broca as well uh march 30th is when it's coming out it's starting to come out weekly i think it's six episodes like a lot of these marvel shows have been but um but I will say, you know, Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke, I really like both of those actors. So mm-hmm. hopefully they're not just wasted in the MCU. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Uh, what are you going to give it, Holden? Broca, I think I said that. All right. Well, naturally, <laughs> I was not listening to you. <laughs> it's been 135 episodes or whatever. Why start now? Am I right? Yeah. Why start now? Um, then we have some delays. Been a few weeks since we've had any of these, but the first one, I called it, Jimmy. I called it Mission Impossible has been delayed again. <laughs> Beyond no longer, this year? Yeah, no longer this year. Uh, Mission Impossible 7 is now coming out July 14th, 2023. Oh and the eighth gosh. one is coming out June 28th, 2024. Apparently, this is all due to, quote, ongoing changes with the pandemic. Um, but yeah <laughs> tom cruise just keeps yelling at everybody so they keep <laughs> yeah. quitting well you I, guys aren't like, taking this seriously is he's like jumping off you know the, the international space station what this what this probably tells me is it's entirely just like box office worries because i'm pretty like the filming's all done so i don't know it seems strange to me that they keep delaying this but i, I guess if they really just don't think the box office is back where it should be then i don't know well maybe seven and eight i mean they're fil- they're making them simultaneously something maybe they're not far enough on the eighth one or they want to keep the theatrical window within a year if they're really mm-hmm. connected who knows i don't know i just want to see this movie me too darn it when was fallout was that 2016 2016? wow wait was it that long ago no wait I'm trying to remember. 2018, maybe? Yeah, 2018, because we were in, we were, or I was in college at that point. And I I'll knew you at quick. that point, but it was pre-podcast. So, yeah, 2018? 
Fallout. Oh, 2018, yeah. It was the summer Movie Pass died. <laughs> that's, that's all I remember. <laughs> that's, that's right, because the <laughs> Movie Pass was like, oh, oh, it's not working. Mission Impossible Fallout came out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's times. It, it's been a few years. Um, I mean, it's it's not a huge gap still, I guess, but just disappointing. Yeah, five um, years. Yeah, I'll give that a bombadil. Yeah, bombadil for me too. Except uh, everybody, be safe and make a good movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I th- that ties into the next one. I'm guessing this is mostly uh, Paramount's worries because they've also delayed the next Quiet Place movie, A Quiet Place Part Three, which I forgot was coming out March of next year already, very yeah. soon after the last one. Uh, but it's being delayed to September 22nd of next year, so it is still coming out. But I'm totally fine with that. September seems like a more natural spot for that one to come out anyway. Mm-hmm. I feel like so. I'll go yeah. Bergeron. I, that one is not as devastating. No. I mean, it, it, the initial release date was less than two years after the, the last one came out. So, Well, to be fair, the last one got delayed an entire yeah. year. No, I'm just right saying when that it's about I, to come out. I'm just saying it came out fairly recently, so waiting a bit longer is it's not too bad. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just saying sure. that it was delayed all year, so. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then the last release date I thing I have is we have a release window for Knives Out 2. It's apparently coming out quarter four of this year, so late fall. Oh, wow. Quarter four for me this year is like March to May. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm talking teacher about humor. everyone else aside from teachers. Teacher humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited it's coming out this year. Um, broke off for me. Can't believe you left it off your most anticipated list. I know. Well, Holden. did either of us mention it? I think we both just forgot about it. No, I mentioned it. Oh. I, let me, I'm, it was probably an honorable mention for me because okay. I, I liked the Knives Out. I did not absolutely love Knives Out. Okay. I probably. I just thought that sounds dangerous. Why would you leave your Knives Out? Yeah, for real. I probably would have put it on my list if I, you know, if it had a release date at that point. If you actually prepared for our podcast. I did. I spent hours <laughs> assembling those lists, Jimmy. So. Hours. Um, so, uh, quarter four this year. Brokaw. Sounds great. Glad it's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other movie news. Um, so Robert Pattinson is in talks to star in Bong Joon-ho's next movie, which is apparently not the animated movie he's been talking about, um, I guess, because that one's probably going to take a while to make. But um, he apparently he's making an adaptation of a sci-fi novel na- called Mickey 7. Never I heard, heard about this. this. I've heard oh, okay. about, I heard about this. I don't know if the book is actually out yet. I don't know. Okay. I, I was hearing on the, this on a different podcast I listened to. Sounds interesting yeah. from what I gather from the other podcast. So hopefully they got it right. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, well, I, just... I have the synopsis. Okay, of... you go for it. Hold yeah. On. Um, so Mickey Seven is an expendable. Mickey Seven is a character. It doesn't. But Mickey Seven is an expendable, a disposable employee on a human expedition sent to colonize the ice world Niflheim. Whenever there's a mission that's too dangerous, even suicidal, the crew turns to Mickey. After one iteration dies, a new body is regenerated with most of his memories intact. After six deaths, Mickey Seven understands the terms of his deal and why it was the only colonial position unfilled when he took it. But apparently it's uh, being made with Warner Brothers. So, Yeah, with Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it sounds interesting to me. Sci-fi, epic <laughs> 
Robert Pattinson, Bong Joon-ho, why would this not be anything other than a Brokaw? Yeah, honestly. Um, and we don't. I, I don't think we have really any sort of like window. I don't know who's writing it. Um, but yeah, regardless, sounds cool. Gives me Wally vibes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was also going to compare it to another movie, but I feel like the comparison would be a spoiler, so I'm I'm not going to say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe is I'll, it a movie maybe, I've seen? I don't know, so okay. I'm just going to hold off on it. All right, sounds good. Um, and then the next bit of news, uh, you'll be excited about this, Jimmy. Uh, Alex Garland's next film. Um, director of Ex Machina, one of Jimmy's favorite movies, and And Annihilation. One of Holden's favorite movies, Annihilation. Yeah. (laughs) I do like Ex Machina a lot. I do not care for Annihilation very much. Ex Machina might be in my top 10 movies of all time. Every time I watch it, I thought it was. (laughs) I just kind of assumed it was with how much you you love it. I love that movie so much. It's yeah, so good. It's if you good. haven't seen it, go watch it, please. But anyway, uh, his next movie, um, not much of a synopsis is known except for it's going to be about a near future American Civil War. Um, it's going to star Kirsten Dunst uh, and it's going to be made with A24 involved. Perfect. Sounds great. Broke off from me, Holden. Yeah, broke off from me as well. We don't have a timetable or anything? Is this like no. 2024? No, I mean, like like I said, that near future American Civil War is even like the entire synopsis we have so far. So I think it's pretty early stages right now. Well, At least gonna as far have as public to, info. He's going to have to get on that if he wants to beat it or get it out before the real coming Civil War in America. Am I right, Holden? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Getting political there, Jimmy. Yeah, um, oh, yes. Highly political. <laughs> um... Then, did you listen to the full release of the new Batman theme? I did, Holden. I actually did. I was I was not anticipating you to have listened to it. I listened but, to uh, it like 10 minutes before we started recording. But, uh, yeah. Um, it's okay. That's I liked what, it. I, I, like, obviously, the best part is the part that's in the trailer. I think the rest of it kind of just sounds like yeah, average you know, movie score. I think this, it's going to take a bit for this one to stand out in regards to other you know batman themes for me i liked it holden and i thought i was pleasantly surprised that there was more like traditional orchestral um segments to it i just Mm -hmm. like how michael giacchino plays with dissonance and invokes emotion through that and i like how he combined it with this ominous brooding impending uh shadow that is batman yeah, 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 you know. So I, I thought he blended those really well. I thought it was just gonna be like the dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. it wasn't just that. So I'm glad it, it captured Bruce's humanity, as well as that other stuff. That well, makes I'm sense. glad it captured Bruce's humanity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it has. Yeah, it. I mean, to me, it was just kind of okay. I guess I I hadn't really thought about the, the the piece too much. I was mostly just interested to see if you had heard it. But uh, cool, you put a lot of thought into it. Yeah, I like how you're making fun of me for being pretentious. But why don't we just wait for a Macbeth review, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll give I'll give his Batman theme a Bergeron for me personally. 
I will give it a bro car, Holden. What, what do and you well, I think you. What's that? Oh, never mind. Sorry, it, my my video lagged. Say what you were saying, Holden Sutter. You and your internet connection will be the <laughs> downfall of this podcast. Yeah, um, right. At least it wasn't like thirty seconds behind like it did last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna? I was gonna say you have to remove yourself from the trailer music, and if you had just heard this, you know, two years ago, sure. For the first time, I think you would appreciated it more, and you would have liked the. Dun, 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 That's possible. Dun, well, wait, didn't that dun. that that wasn't added to the trailer until the second trailer came out, right? Like the first trailer didn't have that. Um, I don't remember. So that's a, it is still a fairly recent thing. I think it came out. It was like a fall when the second trailer came out. I don't know, Holden. I don't understand <laughs> anything. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I'm having a crisis. Um, What's our next topic? Our next topic, uh, Ardman Animations. You know them? Ardman and What are they made? Uh, the Wallace and Gromit stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 the yeah. Very distinct uh, stop motion style. Claymation? Yeah, yeah, claymation. Um, but they had a couple, couple announcements this week. Uh, so they're partnering with Netflix for their next couple of releases. Um, first off, they're doing a Chicken Run sequel uh, called Dawn of the Nugget, which is kind of funny. But chicken Run, weird Jimmy trivia here. Okay. Emily will appreciate this. <laughs> uh, chicken Run was the movie that my cousins and I watched on my very first sleepover ever when I was like in kindergarten after we went to Chuck E. Cheese's. Um, so there's just a little tidbit for you. Nice. <laughs> I think that's the last time I've watched it too. Okay, I I watched it a couple years ago. Still very good movie. Um, but the sequel is coming out twenty twenty three on Netflix. Um, just for anyone who remembers the plot, apparently it involves the main like chickens from that uh coming from that movie becoming parents, and they they return to the mainland to stop a danger to the greater chicken kind. <laughs> Their sounds, words, not mine. <laughs> sounds great. Um, I'll give it a Burjad just because I don't remember the original sure. at all. It could it, be very good and yeah. well worth a revisit. Yeah, I'll give it a Brokaw. Maybe we should. Well, depending on what else is coming out that week, maybe we should watch the old one. We could do that. Um, but then uh, the other Ardman Animations announcement is that they're making a new Wallace and Gromit film. Uh, coming to Netflix in 2024 uh, and the plot outline of this uh, says the uh, Wallace creates a new invention called a smart gnome which takes on a mind of its own forcing Gromit to take on sinister forces for the sake of his misguided master sounds about right I funny enough I, the same cousins with the sleepover we went with we went to the Wallace and Gromit movie together I want to say oh that's a good uh, movie I don't remember it really. Isn't okay. there like rabbits? Something yeah, like rabbits? Curse of the Were Rabbit. Yeah. 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 It's big focus is rabbits. Yeah. Um, that was one of my favorite movies for a long time. I, I had it on DVD and I used to watch it all the time. And I also liked the old uh, shorts too. Um, I think there's four or five of those. Those were very entertaining. But yeah, I mean, this this plot outline seems very in line with, with the other Wallace and Gromit stuff. I always remember enjoying the shorts more than the movie, but I 
I don't remember yeah. what I would even watch them on. Must yeah, have them that's on a good question. I don't VHS, know if they played. Yeah, VHS or maybe they played on I don't know, Cartoon Network at some point. I don't know. That's it. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just that age where I'm like, oh, this is a thing that I watch, but I, I think don't remember my, it. I think my dad at one point recorded them on like a VHS or something. I don't remember how I watched them, but I, that might have been it. I bet he just pirated them. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, Scott Sutter. Scott Sutter. Pirate pirate and ruiner of the podcast. But yeah, a Wallace and Gromit movie broke off from me. Sure, broke off. I may or may not watch it. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, this was uh, weird. A uh, sequel to A Christmas Story is being made. Um, the original star Peter Billingsley um, is returning and the plot synopsis uh, is something along the lines of 30 years have passed and he takes his kids to the old family home to reminisce and cope with the loss of his father <laughs> which sounds dark but um, uh, the movie title has the awful name of A Christmas Story Christmas that is awful <laughs> um I have never seen the movie, the original movie, in its entirety. I've only seen chunks of it. Yeah, I, I haven't we, seen we, any of it in a long time, so I have no connection to this. This sounds like a cash grab. Oh so yeah. So I'm gonna go Bergeron leaning Bombadil here. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm going. Um, uh, little known facts is that um, Christmas Story actually already has two sequels. One was made in the 90s. I think it was called My Summer Story. And one, a different sequel has nothing to do with that other one, was made like 10 years ago called The Christmas Story 2 with none of the cast returning. Um, but apparently both are awful. So um that does not surprise me yeah so i don't yeah i agree this seems like a cash grab especially since like the star aside from appearing in some john favreau movies because he's friends with him he like doesn't like acting anymore he just kind of stopped after a christmas story um so yeah seems like he he's coming back because he was offered a paycheck so yeah bergeron for me good for him yeah yeah glad he's getting paid but yeah yeah i don't really care uh and then my last piece of movie news uh is that uh daniel radcliffe is going to be playing weird al yankovic in a (laughs) new biopic (laughs) i saw this too interesting yeah um why not yeah the the movie is apparently being produced by funny or die and it's being released by roku so i'm guessing on the roku channel for free I yeah I don't I don't know I I don't think it necessarily said the Roku channel but I saw Roku was involved so I don't know interesting I mean I think Daniel Radcliffe does I mean he can be very funny and so I think and he doesn't necessarily look like Weird Al but I think he could sell it it's <laughs> good yeah, actor why not why not hold on what are you gonna get it give it I'll give it a Brokaw sure sweet kind of fun. Um, and then in terms of gaming, the only thing I had, uh, which I did talk to you about beforehand, uh, is the trailer, the gameplay trailer for the new Lego Star Wars game, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, which I had on my top 10 anticipated games list. Before I threw this, it in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before this was even out, I, we kind of had a trailer before, but it was mostly just kind of, you know, showing what the game was going to be, but this is going more in depth into how the game plays. What'd you think, Jimmy? I 
did not expect this game to be so massive. Oh yeah. my <laughs> gosh. If this game would have come out 15 years ago, even without the sequel stuff, because obviously that didn't exist yet, I think I would have died. I think I would have just died of happiness. Yeah, right. Uh, I think I mentioned this in in an, another episode, but I, I have my original copy, the original CD-ROM uh, for the Lego Star Wars PC game on my mm-hmm. bookshelf. And that was like the epitome of my childhood. I loved that game so much. Um, so the... Um, the nostalgia here is through the roof, but it also just looks like a fun time. <laughs> like, yeah, it does. <laughs> I haven't played a Lego game in a long time, so I'm sure they've moder- modernized considerably, and the action just looks really fun. It's like a hack and slash sort of thing, but then it's also got third-person shooter elements and weird special combos and abilities now. Yeah, well, um, honestly, I, uh, the a lot of the fighting reminded me of, like, jedi fallen order like the at least hand-to-hand stuff kind of um but then yeah it had like third person shooting too which is really pretty cool and i love the idea of like the hub worlds where you can just go and explore i i want to just go uh, walk around coruscant man that's yeah. been the dream forever and it was like looked very extensive too because they had like the jedi temple and then they had like the you know, seedy underbelly of Coruscant with the where the casinos are, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you could go to Dexter's Diner and yeah, all that. So it just looks so massive and uh, imaginative. No wonder it took them so long to make this game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I will wait for the reviews. But if the reviews are positive, I might have to get this and play this. Yeah, it, it looks really cool. I'm, I'm tempted. Uh, to pre-order it because there's like a bunch of one of the pre-order things is you get a bunch of characters from like the Mandalorian and Solo and like in Rogue One just like the movies that aren't necessarily covered in this game um and I think you also get like a Luke Skywalker like minifigure oh, you do yeah the blue milk minifigure yeah. or something which so kinda, that's a cool thing I'm kind of tempted to pre-order but we'll see but yeah I agree it looks looks awesome I I don't think the like big worlds are going to be like super in depth. It's probably going to be mostly you can wander around them and occasionally find like a little side thing to do um, just because this seems very, very ambitious. Um, so I'm setting my expectations a bit, but it still looks like a ton of fun. It's- it looks great, man. I, uh, I I will <laughs> I think they have like a mumble mode too where they don't talk like they do in the original games. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which that looks like fun. <laughs> um but yeah, I I hope this is good cuz that would be just a good fun enjoyable wholesome time. Oh, and the space battles look cool too. Yeah, they looked legit. I was yeah. like what the heck cuz I hated the space stuff in the uh the like the when you get like when they overdid kind of redid stuff with the complete saga version of lego star wars and you had those space missions that you had to do other than the um were they not space version there was one missions in the original there there was one and that was the very beginning of revenge of the sith excellent yeah that one was pretty cool like an on rails kind of it was an on rails thing that was a great level i played that level so many times i'd play that level again right now honestly yeah because um, i think i think lego star wars 2 had space stuff and so then they must have just added it to the original or the prequel stuff in the 
Yeah, yeah but it was not the Unreal's thing. It was like, yeah. I just did not no, like yeah. how... It, it is seemed, the worst part. It seemed very tedious, but that Unreal's Coruscant, Battle of Coruscant mission, beginning of uh, Revenge of Sith, um, was so good. My one, Maybe my favorite level of the whole game, honestly. Um, but uh, yeah, that was... <laughs> so many good times so many good hold good times hold on i'm broke if i haven't said that already yeah broke off from me too i do want to mention um there were rumors i guess according to the imdb page this is not confirmed confirmed but uh, going back to the batman that it's gonna clock in right around the three hour mark oh yeah yeah i did see that so I that's a broke off if true. I think that just is a sign that they have confidence in this movie. Usually if a movie's that long and particularly it's a superhero movie, that means they are confident that it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And that it will still earn the money because the word of mouth will be good. So or they're yeah. just like Batman's a huge IP, everybody's going to see Batman anyway, but I think it shows confidence. Yeah, is is Avengers Endgame the only one that's longer than that? Is Avengers Endgame over three hours? Yeah. It it is? Yeah, it's over three hours. It's like three hours, five minutes or something. Okay. Um, That's a really good question. Uh, Eternals was what? Like two, three, But it was not not, uh, three hours. No, no. Yeah, maybe Avengers Endgame is the only one longer. But yeah, no. I I think that three-hour runtime is very, very exciting. Yeah, Broke and uh, good for warning, good warning bros, good for Warner bros, the brothers Warner, uh, for letting letting uh, Matt Reeves do that. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Uh, anything else, Holden? No, I don't think so. All right, let's talk about our favorite TV show of all time, The Book of Boba Fett. I just heard Blake into my room, but I don't know where he went. <laughs> See, I heard a little little squeak, like a little meow. Oh, weird. But um, yeah, Book of Boba Fett. So, uh, but okay. So we both made an effort to watch this closer to the podcast because I had previous weeks watched it like Wednesday when it came out and then I just could not remember anything that happened and I had to like read plot synopsis and kind of <laughs> skip through it you know to try to remember before the podcast I watched it literally yesterday and I still had to do the same thing <laughs> like it didn't help me um, I I watched it uh, about three and a half hours ago and um Boy, it's just a it's just a TV show that exists, isn't it? <laughs> it is the most absolute, just run of the mill. Turn it in, comes out the formula. I just I th- like I do not care. I just don't care. Sorry. I think this is my least favorite Disney Plus show. Like even more than Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because at least that like had some like interesting things that maybe didn't pay off all the way but it, there was some intrigue week to week for me but this like i just don't i don't care what's happening at all <laughs> i don't know if it's the same with you jimmy or um, i don't know i i think there's going to be a little bit of payoff at the end of this um but yeah i mean i did like the second episode quite a bit but this is just like it's not 
bad. It just is. It's not good. Like it just yeah. is. It just exists. And so there's not really anything to say about it because it's just like, okay, he's just he's he's good Boba Fett, and he's. But now we're in a flashback again because half the show at least has to be a fa- flashback. This episode, most of the episode was a flashback, and I had forgotten that. <laughs> I'd forgotten that Fennec Shan was the one from the Mandalorian season two that tries to kill, you know, Mando. Uh, oh, yeah. so, so I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And he saves her. And why does he save her? Cause he's a good well, no, guy. Wasn't I that guess. season one. Is that, is that season one? I think that's season one. Cause I think that when we see like, like Boba Fett's like feet or something approach her. And that was like the only Boba Fett tease we got that season. I think you're right. Actually. I think you're right. Um, I don't know. I just like the the production design. I think is great. Like I think I honestly think like the the costuming and the set designs and the CGI for the most part is really good. Like yeah, yeah. It might be the best Disney Plus show in that regard. Like mm. Moss Espa looks incredible. I I think so. And I like literally the costumes the. Bedrosians or whatever the Bosque species are called. I think they look, they've never looked better. Mm-hmm. I think just a lot of the character designs and all that, the practical effects. The Wookiee guy. The Wookiee guy looks great. Um, I just like it. Just it's a bummer because it just seems like it seems like a kid show. Like it just seems like a kid show to me. Is that is that fair? Like they yeah. just have made a Boba Fett kid show. Well, and it. To me, I think one of my biggest issues with it is it just feels like the writers are trying to come up with conflicts. Like, it doesn't feel natural, like, a lot of what's happening. And uh, part of that is with all the flashbacks. But it just, it feels like the writers just don't know what to do. And so they just keep throwing stuff at the wall. And most of it is not sticking. I don't know. I I feel like they had a lot of this already planned when they had... Yeah, and they were doing the Mandalorian because it does kind of weave in pretty yeah. seamlessly to that. Not not that it's good. <laughs> yeah, you did say that previously, but I just I, I don't know it. Maybe I mean even if it is, it just I don't know. It feels like when they made the Mandalorian, then that they're like, okay, we need, we want to make a Boba Fett show. Let's weave this in. But even back then, maybe they just, they didn't know exactly how to do it very well. And I don't know. I think I just, my biggest problem is that I think they try, they put two different seasons, two different seasons of a show in one season. I think you needed this first season is he gets out of the Sarlacc pit and it's his journey to overtake Bib Fortuna. And then the second season is him establishing himself as the guy, the crime lord. See, but I'd doing be, things differently. I'd be okay with that if, but they would have to make. They would have had to have made the flashback scenes more interesting because that is still my least favorite part of the show. If I'm being honest, um, even with this one, with like the, I mean, the the assault on Jawa's palace was okay, um, but everything else i just i just do not care about in those flashbacks and it it has not proven to me really why they need to be as extensive as they are again when i go to the sultan jabba's palace i thought the droids were fun 
but again, it felt a little bit childish. Like mm-hmm. it's just like it felt like a kids show, and I, that's just what this has turned out to me because they've really dumbed it down. There was a lot of exposition dialogue in this. Like he talks about, he was like, "The Tuscan Raiders took me in." I I don't know why I went Irish there for a second. He's like, "The Tuscan Raiders took me in." He says that like twice, or the Sand People. Like he says that twice. Too fat. Like we know we have been watching the show. I get you have to tell Fennec that once, but you don't have to say it again. Um, Fennec slits a robot's throat. (laughs) Whatever. Doesn't make any sense. That's like the most violent the show gets, and that's. I mean, well, I get, I get why it feels like a kids' show because of that. I guess I'll qualify my kids' show remark with the the Wookiee guy does rip a guy's arm off. At the yeah, end. that's true. Like, oh, finally, that, that was probably my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. It was, and she was talking to him I'm like he's gonna rip his arm off. Yeah. Me? Um. <laughs> no, that was good. Uh, I just think that the action has been so mindless and and lacking of storytelling. I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again this week, because a lot of, if you're watching it, a lot of it is, I'm shooting at people, they hide behind something, Fennec shoots them, they're dead, and then there's more people, and then they hide behind things, and she shoots them, they're dead. And even when they were, like, trying to go away, and they, like, jump on the landing pad... She just like takes him out right away. I'm <laughs> like, so what was the point of that? It didn't add anything. There's no suspense here Mm-mm. during this action sequence. And so, so the, just that part. And and I guess there was supposed to be tension that, oh, how do we get out of this hangar? It's going to be difficult. But it was kind of hard to tell exactly what was going on. And I don't know. It just didn't. There's no beats that they're hitting in the action sequence it's just like it's like they wrote down on the page then action sequence occurs <laughs> and, they and just then improved it or something <laughs> or it seems like they just put very little i mean this could be completely wrong and i could be completely wrong about this but it seems like they didn't really give the stunt coordinators any either any creative freedom to do what they wanted to or any time to like actually pre-production it mm-hmm. say here's the beats this is what we're going to do and here we go it's like they were trying to save time or money during the action sequences and they just started they just feel empty to me they're hollow um so there's that what else was i gonna say um about this oh yeah the sarlacc pit the, with the the armor like we already know how he like the guy in the Mandalorian season two has his armor. Yeah. So yeah. We, we know it's not going to be in the Sarlacc pit. Um, my, and that, and I'm like, this Sarlacc pit's definitely going to get a seismic charge, <laughs> which did happen. Uh, and I was also like, they're going to look down there and that they haven't shown the beak thing at all. So that's going to come out. And then it did. And then the seismic charge. Okay. And then he goes back in there again. He's like, well, it's not there. I need my armor. Why? Well, and, and also I, it's Beskar. When did we establish that his armor was Beskar? It it felt weird that um, it felt weird that like he they kill the Sarlacc and then like the next scene is him crawling out of the pit, like climbing out of it. There's not even any scene of him down in the Sarlacc pit finding like that the armor isn't there. And if the armor is that important to him, like we could have gotten a scene of him like. Like looking around a little frantically, or or getting angry that it's not there, or something like some sort of emotion. But by the time he's climbing out of the pit, he's already just kind of come to terms with it. And he's like, "It's not there." <laughs> I, I mean, I'm glad they didn't, just because we already knew it wasn't there. 
Ink I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like it would have just made it more interesting, in my opinion. Also, they keep jumping around so much that I forget when we are at in terms of the Mandalorian timeline. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, have they interacted with the Mandalorian? Okay, yes, the current stuff they have. So uh, is I don't know if I'm crazy. I have not I have not learned has listened to any commentary or reactions or anything to this episode because believe it or not, I really don't care <laughs> what other people are saying about it. My, I have an extreme lack of interest, but uh, are they building it up for Pedro Pascal in the next episode? Is that what they're building it up to? Or I don't think I, so. Was that the false? They were like, well, you know, you can pay certain people that are good. Oh, so. maybe. I don't know. I don't. And then, and then it was like, Wah! and it was like the Mandalorian Oh, yeah, that's cue. true. I did. Yeah. I don't want it to. <laughs> I don't really want this... Sh- like, Mandalorian is just better. I don't want it to connect more with this show than it already has. See, this is my fear, Holden, is that you... This is our discussion at the end of Mandalorian Season 2, which I guess spoilers. But uh, if you're watching Book of Boba Fett and you haven't watched Mandalorian, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, so, last chance to not have Mandalorian Season 2 spoiled for you. But, uh, um, so, Baby Yoda, Grogu... Mm-hmm. leaves at the end of season two it, he needs to come back I, that show is just that show my fear is that show is going to turn into the book of boba fett without that relationship because honestly that's what it is to me i don't think the rest of the mandalorian the plot is that interesting mm-hmm. i just care about the relationship between grogu and din Djarin or whatever his name is the mandalorian like that is the only thing tying me to that show and Book of Boba Fett is that show without that core relationship. Yeah. So now you can understand why I was like, I really hope they don't just, I mean, it'd be very bold, but I hope they don't go in that direction. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Oh, so um, I've, I've persuaded we'll you. Huh? I don't know if they're going to bring back Grogu or not. You got to bring him back. Yeah. You gotta I, I hope, I hope it's just getting pull. I hope season three, Luke Skywalker just jumps on his back and they wants him to go around. Or maybe the other way around where it's like Yoda was on his back. It's just Grogu hanging out. See, I, I hope that Luke just like drops him off with a note that says uh, he's really annoying. Take him back or something like <laughs> that's that. How it, that's how it begins. I bet yeah. we get a few episodes without him and then he's back. And I'll be like, oh, gosh, I hope they bring him back. Their show is just not as interesting. He and won't be in any up. of the trailers and then... The internet will be on fire in the fourth episode when he comes back. Yeah. Saves the day, the last yeah. second. Um, yeah. Book of Boba Fett. Um, I mean, look. look at us. I, We're talking about a more interesting show in our <laughs> review of Book of Boba Fett. I, I uh, boy, I think uh, I definitely would enjoy it if Mando came in, but I don't think it improves the show at all. No. I mean, it's kind of like... Like, one of the main criticisms of season two of The Mandalorian is that, like, it's all just cameos and setups for, like, other shows. And I feel like bringing in Mando, like, just kind of feeds into that. I mean, I know that we haven't had many cameos so far, but, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't... It hasn't been able to stand on its own two feet. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I And will they make more of this show? I don't know. Also, I hope not. why I, I still do not get why, aside from, you know, Boba Fett saving Fennec's life, like, good, 
she paid off his debt by helping out get the get the ship or whatever but i don't like boba fett is so just like a wuss in this show i do not get why he earns her respect yeah i didn't get that either like like, he's he's like trying to get on the ship and and she's got like 8v1 yeah it's it it almost looks like he's just trying to bail and good luck hopefully you make it out i don't really care and she's like well you better not do that next time he's like next time yeah it's and i'm like, like that was not earned at all it's kind of like when in hawkeye when, when kate and and clint are just like he's like well you're my partner now kate i'm like well that wasn't earned <laughs> well and it for it it's weird to me because she's like this you know legendary hard-boiled assassin and like and you know obviously boba fett's a legendary bounty hunter but now he's like a shell of his former self he can't even like bring himself to kill a robot (laughs) in in jabba's palace like i don't know it just seems like i don't i don't really get that respect there i don't know i don't know i don't i don't know I feel like I constantly criticize Boba Fett for not killing people, and it's not like I just want him to kill everyone, but, like, I don't know. Just kill someone. He's supposed to be, like, a a morally ambiguous guy. Just kill someone. He he does wipe out the speeder bike bros, as I like to call them. Yeah, why why did he wipe them out? Because they killed the the Tuscan Raiders. Oh, okay, I just forgot about that point. (laughs) I saw him kill those guys, and I was like, is this just, is he just doing this for fun? (laughs) I that's the part for me i'm like well this seems wildly inconsistent because on one hand he's like i want peace and respect and forgiveness and then he just kills all of them yeah pretty mercilessly it wasn't like i'm gonna kill a couple of you to send a message you guys need to leave i'm i just blasts all of them but that's okay because those guys were entirely evil and (laughs) no redeeming qualities to them yeah I don't. I I just thought that was like that was lacking nuance to me, yeah. and um, just I don't know. Just he's he's not morally ambiguous enough. Mm-hmm. He's just too much of a good guy, and it's like they try to have him do something bad, but it really wasn't convincing. Wow, he killed the guys yeah, who no, I totally just agree. who just massacred <laughs> all the people that he <laughs> that took him in. Wow, he's he is yep. so morally ambiguous. Um. Yeah, I mean the side seeing the seismic charge is always cool, but again, they should have just left Boba Fett with his season two cameo in that little post credit scene. That's all you needed. It really is him. Just Bib Fortuna's there. He takes him out. Literally, if that was the end of Boba Fett and we never saw him again, that would have been perfect in my opinion. Yeah, that would have been good. Okay, this may be a stupid question, but uh, what else is the seismic charge used for? <laughs> What else is it used for? Well, like I don't, I like I didn't understand the 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 significance of the seismic charge. I don't know what else it's been used in. in um, Star Wars. so the the first time I think we see it is uh episode two uh, attack uh, attack of the clones when uh, Obi Wan is chasing uh Jango Fett and Boba to Geonosis. Okay. Um, he, they go through this asteroid field and he tries to get rid of them with the seismic charge and as he does that it bursts the part the asteroids and obi-wan has to dodge all of them and he's like this is why i hate flying oh okay <laughs> flying is for droids it's a great sequence um 
You know, if you actually had any admiration for the prequels, you would understand this. <laughs> I think you could just watch that scene uh, in of itself. It's such great sound design, too. I'm um, I'm planning on rewatching the prequels sometime soon. They have... I, 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 I think they are, I mean, dialogue aside, they have plenty of like intriguing redeeming quality. Like the world is there. Like the potential of the world is there as we saw through like the clone wars and stuff. Mm -hmm. There is some interesting political intrigue to be messed around with. Um, and there are great sequences within those films. And again, Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie, so you don't have to convince me about the uh, merit of the prequels. I wasn't trying to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the seismic charges. That's the first scene where it's like really heavily fe uh, featured, and then they, they kind of tease it again in, at the end of Mandalorian Season 2. Oh, okay. One of the last few episodes when they're flying away from something. Okay. Uh, otherwise, I could not believe we talked about this as long as we have. <laughs> I thought well, I this mean, was we going to be a so, pretty... We, we went on so many tangents about... Uh, <laughs> I felt like Mando Season 2, just more interesting things. Talking about the prequels, more interesting things than Boba Fett. <laughs> Attack of the Clones is not as bad as I thought it was going to be when I rewatched it last time. I had a good time. Can Count Dooku was wasted, man. He is... A pretty compelling character that George Lucas had developed and then just did not <laughs> showcase at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, rewatch them, man. They're on Disney Plus. Yeah. I and know. then one day you will be like, <laughs> Yes, Revenge of the Sith is the best Star Wars movie. Not the best, but my favorite. Um let's yeah, let's no, be done. Let's be done. Wait, do we need to give a rating? Six. I, I think this is a six. It's it's not bad. And it's not good. Six, yeah. I guess. Uh, five and a half. Yeah, uh, the people, the production On design, costume design, they should be very proud of themselves. <laughs> yes, yeah. On to our review of The Tragedy of Macbeth. All right, folks, we just took a little break. Holden was um, treating his cat, giving him some pills. I uh, dropped a uh, seismic charge into the toilet, if you know what I mean, <laughs> from our discussion with Book of Boga, Boba Fett. Uh, I already just... forgot our discussion about that show. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we we took like a close to 15-minute break, and I've already forgotten it. Yeah, uh, now time to talk about the tragedy of Macbeth. Mm -hmm. Holden, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, Bill Shakespeare. Yeah, Bill Shakespeare. Um, he supposedly wrote a bunch of plays back in the, the 1500s. I'll believe it when I see it, Jimmy. Um, I don't remember when he was alive. I don't really care about that time period <laughs> particularly. I'm just kidding. It's probably really interesting. I just don't know enough about it. Um, well, the, the main thing I know is about him and at his time is that his, his shows at the time were considered like garbage, like peasant plays. Classic. But look who's who's talking now. Nobody, because awesome. they are all dead. They are all <laughs> dead. Long gone. Um. Macbeth Holden is is your favorite Shakespeare play? Yeah, I think it's my favorite Shakespeare. I'm not a huge Shakespeare fan, which is like blasphemous, I know, because I'm a I'm a theater kid. If but only there was a word to describe Shakespeare fans. 
you know if only that existed that you could use are you are you i don't i don't know what you're referring to <laughs> thespian hold on. oh thespian. thespian there you go okay um but yeah it, just not a not a not really a fan i mean I, like i like west side story obviously which is an adaptation of romeo and juliet but i think most of his work is just like it's it's like building blocks to other things like so many things are based off of his work that i think are more interesting than like the actual like stuff it's based on i don't know um but yeah i just Macbeth. i just don't like how i have to sit and think about it i just want my smartphone to tell me what's going on yeah that ridley scott said i kind of i mentioned it to um jimmy after we watched it i have the same issue every time i watch a shakespeare like either movie or actual play and it's that at the start i am way too focused on trying to figure out like what the dialogue is saying (laughs) which is obviously very old english very hard to follow um but then I kind of once I get past that and I'm just kind of looking more generally at the story and performances and whatnot, then I'm able to enjoy it more. Um, but that's kind of it. Same cycle happened here in this movie where I was at, you know, the beginning of the movie. I'm really trying hard to figure out what everyone is saying. And I'm like, oh, no, I'll just kind of enjoy the ride more. So um, I probably like Hamlet the best. But again, I haven't really looked at any of his work since high school mm-hmm. i had read macbeth but i forgot a lot of it so i'm glad the movie started and i was like i am not going to get anything out of this unless i just quickly googled the summary again real quick because i sure, had not sure. read it since i was a sophomore in high school which would have been like eight years ago so i think did i do the math there i think i did the math right there <laughs> so um yeah i i was like i need to review this um I'm glad I did. Otherwise, I would have been like, I don't remember what happens and what is going on. Um, but this um, holding, but you're you're a big Macbeth guy, so sure. why don't you kind of drive the conversation here? Okay. You've seen other adaptations. You're a big fan of Michael Fassbender and yeah, his yeah. movie. I'll probably make multiple comparisons in this review, but I, I mentioned it on the podcast. A few months ago, I watched the Michael Fassbender adaptation of Macbeth, um, and it's hard for me to compare them exactly because I think they're like, especially in terms of visual styles and and tone, and they they're going for very different things. This one feels like like a filmed version of a play almost. A lot of the sets feel very set. Like they don't necessarily aren't made to look like they would exist in the real world. You Meanwhile, can te- you can tell that the whole thing is filmed inside in a studio. Yeah, yeah. Um, but meanwhile, like the other Macbeth movie with Michael Fassbender has a lot of like big, like fields, very colorful, interesting shots. I think when I initially talked about it on the podcast, I, I compared some of the cinematography to like Blade Runner 2049 in some ways. It's a very interesting looking film. Not that this isn't, but just interesting in a different way. Um, but I guess, uh, we should probably just kind of briefly go over kind of what Macbeth is about a little quickly. Um, Macbeth uh, is a guy um, in. He's just your average bro. He's just your average bro. You know, he's, he gets a vision from, from some witches, you know, witches be tripping. And uh, he ends up getting, uh, they, they tell him that he's going to be King. And uh, he takes that, takes that to heart. He tells his wife, um, and they plot to uh, kill and 
overthrow the king essentially kind of in a in a sneaky little sneaky little coup kind of assassination attempt um should we should we split this into non-spoilers and spoilers or i don't know like because this here's my here's my thing (laughs) here's my non-spoiler review okay it is a very beautiful film heavily inspired by german expressionism which is if you think of like Nosferatu and you know other films of that it's like where it's really it's black and white and it's like very brutalist design sets and harsh shadows Mm -hmm. very dramatic lighting it is that uh it's a Macbeth uh adaptation in that style and it's very beautiful for what that is um it's a four by three aspect ratio I think that works really well for this because this film is carried by the it's a it's theater it's carried by the performances it's driven by dialogue so that four by three aspect ratio really it it kind of mirrors the shape of the face uh so it it just lends itself to close-ups but still getting a little bit more context of where they are as opposed to the normal you know two three nine by one cinematic aspect ratio that spider-man no way home would be or blade runner 2049 where it's just a little bit more distant and it Uh, also just it it also just adds to like the old feeling of this like this it this feels like i mean i i guess with certain shots and stuff it it wouldn't necessarily have have been made you know like 100 years ago or whatever but in regards to, you know it's it's black and white some strong very theatrical performances the sets are very very practical um and I mean, a, a lot of how a lot of movies started out as kind of, you know, just filmed plays and whatnot. And so this feels kind of like that. Um, yeah. For me, the strongest part of the movie is the cinematography. Mm-hmm. I would say if you're thinking about should I or should I not watch this movie? Do you like Shakespeare? Do you know the story of Macbeth? And do you want to see an adaptation for it? If it is not yes, yes, yes like pretty adamant <laughs> yeses <laughs> i would say you're not like you're just not going to enjoy this it's it's a slow hour 45 minute retelling of macbeth with very prominent actors and which actresses is, which is even shorter than like an average runtime of macbeth yeah and and it's still i mean it's still it's like oh my god like it's not a bad thing it's not mm-hmm. the movie's fault it's just that's the source material faithfully i guess adapted you would know better than me probably yeah i think it is getting the gist of it on the screen told through this you know neo-german expressionism format in a very beautifully shot you got your denzel washington and francis mcdormand and their and and translucence from (laughs) from the boys (laughs) you got them giving their performances and you know they're as you expect very solid performances and if that is like yes i am in the mood to watch a shakespearean play and i love the story of macbeth then you'll enjoy this movie and 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 that and that and accept it for what it is if you are like i just want to sit down and and enjoy a movie and not have to think about it this is not it <laughs> like unless well you know if you're not like a if you're not a thespian, you, this is not it. Just don't I watch don't, this movie. Yeah, yeah. And to clarify that, it's not even. I don't even think Macbeth is like. It's not. It's not like an art house kind of thing where you have. I mean, you have to think about it because of the language mostly, 
it's not like I, I feel like the movie is pretty obvious in what it's like setting out to do uh, once you kind of get past the language a bit. I think um, you need you need to know the story beforehand, though. Like you need to know yeah. it. if you don't know what the story well, is, it's hard to identify exactly what's going on. I'm not you might not need to actually like I I think with most Shakespeare and I I think maybe I knew the story of Macbeth going into that the first time so maybe I can't exactly um, speak to this one but in other Shakespeare works it's like I start kind of going into what I said before I start out and I'm really really confused but then as the show goes on even if I'm not entirely understanding what's happening like in terms of dialogue I'll pick up on like what the story is. I I think you get the gist of what the story is. I think you get eighty percent of it, but I don't think you're like getting the whole thing. Certainly. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, so I uh, I actually I feel I don't feel qualified to rate this movie. If that makes any sense, like I don't know, I I I don't understand the story of Macbeth because I haven't sat down and tried to just. Sure. You know, to, 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 you know, dissect it. And it's, it's just something, it's not something I deeply care about. Um, not that I don't, I mean, the general themes of Macbeth, <laughs> but like, you know, all the intricacies and the nuances and all the different adaptations throughout the years. It's like, I haven't set, sat down and studied that. And I, I don't really want to. And I think this movie, it's hard for me. Like, I don't, since I don't know the story through and through, it's hard for me to, to rate this adaptation of it when I haven't even seen other adaptations, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's So I fair. think my my advice is what I said. If if that's not something you think you would be eager to watch, then don't watch this because you're not you're not gonna get like you just not it's not gonna be a worthwhile experience for you. Yeah. And and, and it's not a knock at the quality of the movie at all. Mm. It's just it is what it is. I think it's good for what it is, but again, I don't feel qualified to rate the quality of it um, outside of just the technical cinematography and performances. Yeah, and don't go into this thinking that you're going to get a, a you know a dark comedy adaptation of Macbeth because it's done by one of the Coens. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's really not. It's very, I, I mean, I don't even necessarily think it's like a straight adaptation because they do, I mean, like as we've said, interesting thing with visuals and performances. But um, it is very different from the Cohen's catalog thus far. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know what, what else to say about it. Non-spoiler. We could probably just give our ratings. Like I said, I'm, I'm not going to rate it. Okay. I just don't, I don't, I I don't, I don't, I feel like I don't know enough to rate it. Sure. Sure. I think for what it is, this is probably an eight out of 10 for me. Um, In regards to uh, slow medieval English A24 movies that came out last year, I like it more than The Green Knight, I think. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I I mean, it's a good movie that I will probably not watch again. I think I am, I prefer the Michael Fassbender one, and I'm not even sure if that one's better. I think it's just more engaging a little bit i don't know it's hard it's hard to tell i kind of want to rewatch that one now it's like since so soon after this to get a better comparison i definitely dozed off a little bit between both the green knight and the tragedy of Macbeth. yep (laughs) (laughs) i'm Um, aware jimmy (laughs) not that they're bad movies no no 
they're just i just like that's just like i didn't know especially the green knight i just didn't know the story and that i feel like that killed that movie for me sure um so yes spoilers hold on we're gonna dive into spoilers yeah spoilers all right let's do that All right, tragedy of Macbeth spoilers. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of plot, it follows very closely to the original play. So if you know like the play, um, and you don't really care about the spoiler section, like it, really the only thing that I think could get spoiled for you is like when we maybe talk about like the performances and maybe some of the shots they do, which are cool. But aside from that, I feel like this is a, a pretty safe spoiler section. Yeah, like yeah. If you know the spoil the the spoilers of the story, then yeah, yeah. Um, I liked the Wicked Sister. Yeah, like, I mean, it's the Wicked Sisters, but it really it was the Wicked Sister. Yeah, yeah. She was my favorite part. Um, <laughs> it was somewhat comical in a way. Uh, but the body horror, especially at the beginning, was really well done, and her yeah. performance just was just very unnerving and disturbing. I totally ate that up i thought that was great mm-hmm. and like I mean, I, it was kind of funny too like i don't know how much of it was like directly supposed to be funny but we were laughing at the performance just because it was so absurd but like in a good way it was we great it wasn't, yeah it's it was maybe it was almost uncomfortable laughter sometimes because it's just like some of the things she would do but i loved the visual representation of how it like the it was three witches but really only one and the different ways they played with that throughout the movie i thought was really cool Uh, i mean we saw that the one shot in the trailer with the reflection in the water which is still probably one of my favorite shots in the movie but very cool yeah, I, I really uh, enjoyed that performance. I also thought that was when the movie got the most surreal mm-hmm. and inimaginative um, in terms of the, the visual storytelling. It was very beautifully shot, the rest of it, but this was when it was like, ooh, we're going into you know the surreal aspect of this, the kind of the dream world, the psycho you know world that we're going into. Mm-hmm. And I... I appreciated that. I thought that was the mo- where the most creativity came in for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um performance other performances uh Denzel Washington's very good. I mean especially towards the end of the movie he really really gets to shine. Um and Francis McDormand good as well. I uh I think Lady Macbeth is a fun character, but I also, I in no adaptation of, of Macbeth have I fully understood her, like, I don't know, she, she, her, like, reverse in position later in, in like, the story. Because she's kind of the one that, like, initially she seems, like, kind of sadistic almost. She's the one that really pushes Macbeth to do go through with the assassination. And then... I guess it's seeing Macbeth go crazy, but even then, like, it's in pretty much every adaptation, that's, like, one scene, and then she starts, like, regretting everything, and I don't know. Yeah, you'd also think it'd be a little harder to kill a king, but... Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, Especially in this version, it was, it was, like, there were two guards with him, very easy to drug. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of McDuff? McDuff. McDuff man. Um, 
I can't remember. I always felt like Macduff is in the story more. Um, And I can't remember if that's maybe just, I like, I think that, and then I always, like, I know that, you know, he's the one who kills Macbeth, and um, so maybe that just plays a bigger role in my head, but he wasn't in this as much as I had remembered he was, but he was very good, uh, played by Corey Hawkins, who we just saw in In the Heights, and uh, he was and straight out of Compton. Very good in that as well. Yeah. I, I, I thought my favorite scene was probably, I mean, outside of the, 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 what did they call them? The weird sisters. I can't remember. Um, the, was the scene where his family actually gets killed that, which sounds horrible to say, but I thought the performances in that scene, like (laughs) the kid actor and the actor who plays lady mcduff i guess i thought they were very good and i thought that scene was well done the the kid actor was good but it was also kind of funny it was like it was kind of weird for me because he was like saying the shakespearean dialogue and he was just like he wasn't really putting on an accent or anything so it's just like this kid saying that stuff it was kind of funny but and then when they threw him into the fire hilarious am i right hilarious yeah (laughs) Uh, no, yeah, I agree. That's probably one of the best scenes of the, the movie. I thought the sword fighting at the end was very not realistic. <laughs> I, I just well, was, was like, this is not... I mean, I guess it's theatrical, but I was like, this. Th- I don't think people would actually sword fight like this. Yeah, I mean, I kind of liked the bit where like Macbeth was taking on that guy without a sword. I thought that was kind of fun, but like yeah. the actual confrontation between him and Macbeth mcduff was yeah and it was it was an interesting choice of venue for it it was in this really crowded like (laughs) like place on top of the castle and it was it it was a narrow hallway kind of i don't remember what that part of the castle is called um but it's just very very interesting i i mean it was unique. Like I am comparing it to the other Macbeth movie again. That was more of a you know they they fighting in a field with a cool visual style and it was felt more grand. Um, so this was certainly different. Yeah, along the castle wall, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was no Mustafar. I gotta say, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although the bit where he like he chopped off his head, that was that was pretty surprising. At least in the in regards to the timing and visual representation of that. I mean, I mm. heard you like gasp at it or or say like "whoa, ooh, yeah." That maybe that was it. But um, yeah, and then <laughs> and then he just is carrying his head. He's got his like head hand in his neck to carry it. Like there's like a little handle. <laughs> it looked in there. really small. Like when he was carrying it, it looked like a smaller than a normal head size. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Maybe it shrinks a little. Yeah, maybe. Um, I guess did he just slit his throat when he cut it, or did he actually lop it off when he? I think he just slit it throat right, and then he probably just cut it off later. Otherwise, he lopped it off, and it probably flew over the wall. No, I thought it lopped off. It looked like it kind of flew off his body. Well, then in that case, it fell off the wall. That's what. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. (laughs) I thought he just slit his throat and then cut it off later. But like I'm saying, he when he's carrying the head, he's like, it's like he's got he's got it upside down <laughs> it looks like he's just got his hand in there just like I, that's not how i would do it didn't seem like the most sanitary way to do that in my I, opinion 
I've always, I, I have always liked the little twist there where the the witches said that, you know, the only person that will kill him is someone who's not born of a woman or whatever. And then the, the kind of loophole for that is that Macduff had, was like born through a C-section, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So I, I, I always kind of liked that little twist. Yeah. Um, okay, Shakespeare, you're so clever. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> do, 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 Yeah, it's no do, saw. Do, do, do. Let's, do, let's do, just do, say do, that. Do, 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 do. Um, what was I going to say now? Um, I have I don't remember what I was going Oh, I was going to say I think like I at least in, I don't know if this is every adaptation but Macbeth is just not a likable character at all. Which yeah, is, he's um, he's not really not a requirement for a story, but I I guess I see it less of a tragedy when I don't really care about him. Like they didn't make me care about him at all in the beginning. Yeah, so I I would like to I would like to see a Macbeth where he's like an actual like would be a good king and like people and like people are kind of maybe pushing him to seek this opportunity. I know this is a branching away from the source material, but like where it's like, Hey, you know, this is an opportunity. I know it would get your hands dirty and it, it would go against our morals. But if you do this, the world would be in a better place. And maybe King Duncan or whatever his name is, Duncan donuts, uh, he uh maybe he's a little bit more of a tyrant and it's like oh for the greater good i'm gonna do this but that act slowly corrupts him and he's you know then you can have those more surreal moments where it's more (laughs) of a slow descent into uh craziness rather than it seems like just kind of a left turn here we are criticizing a 500 year old play (laughs) that's considered by a master masterpiece by many oh please Uh, please yeah (laughs) no i mean i don't care i like i i don't remember once again i don't remember in the original play how much of like the battle at the beginning is shown but i do like that in the other version that it starts out in a battle and we get to see Macbeth actually fight we see that he is a good warrior i think we even get to see a bit of his leadership capabilities maybe within that battle and so you're not even adding that much more to the beginning of the movie or of the play, but you're giving a little bit more characterization as to why maybe he would be seen as a good leader. This it was the guy with the voice that's in all the A24 movies is like, oh, Macbeth. La, 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> and then he falls over and he's like, oh, I need assistance or whatever yeah it didn't i and i you know i don't mind that it didn't really show any large-scale battles in this because that felt i mean accurate to a stage play i mean you would have it be more implied but i don't know i feel like you you have the cinematic medium you could you could utilize it more maybe in that regard yeah i think it was just like well, let's just do a bunch of more, you know, medium shots or some close-ups to really let these actors and actresses bring the story to life, which mm-hmm. it's an idea of how to do it. I think I would have liked to have seen a more grandiose spectacle. Yeah. I probably I think I would probably enjoy the Michael Fassbender version more just based on what you have said about it. Yeah, um, it's that but, the, the one thing about that one though that I'll I'll warn you is the pacing may be a little worse because it's 10 minutes longer 
That's but, what I'm I'm saying I don't think I care about the story enough to go do it again. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um I'm just going to make my own Macbeth. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, Dudley from Harry Potter's in this. Yeah, he's uh, Duncan's son. Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Great. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good in it. He. Uh, I mean, I guess I just saw we just saw him in Queen's Gambit. He was good in that too. Yeah. Good actor. Um. What else can be even said about this movie? The soundtrack is mostly bass drums, as you said while we were watching it. I mean, it's it's like fitting for what it is. I think it's it's a pretty decent soundtrack, just not one that you would listen to outside of the movie, probably. Yeah, and I think it. I liked it. Uh, it got a little bit more expansive at the end. I don't remember <laughs> exactly what it sounded like, but I remember liking it in the context of the movie and how it grew in that. So. Yeah. 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 Um. um his throne looks really uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's how a lot of old thrones are. They're just these tall wooden chairs with like no cushions on them. I'm like, geez, how did how did King sit in that for hours at a time? Well, he had to eat to give you a lot of cushion down there. Oh yeah, that's why they all got fat. He also, I that's another thing with Macbeth. It's just like he when he was the king, he never seemed like a good king either yeah he just seemed like he was instantly a tyrant and then he was a crazy tyrant i was like well he's gotta go yeah yeah i'm not Where's sure the that's... humanity <laughs> bill come on bill shakespeare why don't you know, take a writing class <laughs> yeah that's kind of did write it it's kind of like going back to what i said earlier in that i just feel like i feel like that's kind of like norm for shakespeare stuff where it's kind of characters are I don't want to say more two-dimensional because I feel like that's not giving him enough credit, but maybe not. they're not written in the way we'd, we would personally like to see, but I think that's why I like other work that you, like f- has Shakespeare as a foundation. Yeah, more. like an improvement on the source material. Yeah, yeah exactly. I do like Hamlet. I think Hamlet's got some three-dimensionality, mm-hmm. but again, I don't remember all of it. Yeah, I used to know Lion the to King be or not Hamlet movie. Oh right? yeah, it's it's such a faithful adaptation. <laughs> Everybody's like the movie just is Hamlet. I'm like the uncle kills the dad. What else do they have in common? <laughs> Nothing. All right, it's not Hamlet. Get that out of your brains. If you th- if you're like oh it's just Hamlet, then you clearly haven't read Hamlet or you haven't seen the Lion King. By that Which, by that metric, uh, that new Robert Eggers movie is also Hamlet because isn't that the the brother comes and kills Ethan Hawke or whatever? <laughs> uh, yeah, the the Northman Hamlet. Yeah, maybe it is a Hamlet spinoff. Maybe the, maybe that's our great insight, Holden, and we could be like, oh well, it really is just it's an adaptation of Hamlet inspired, <laughs> you know, Christopher Nolan. Um, when is Christopher Nolan just gonna make a Shakespeare movie? God, I hope never. <laughs> it would be the most pretentious piece of cinema ever created. Yeah, I don't I don't need that. <laughs> I uh you know, I think this is a cool experiment for the Co- for Joel Cohen, you know, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, he does has mostly done like dark comedy kind of stuff before and his movies very good. Um and if he wants to branch out cool, but eh, 
I think we're done with the the stage adaptations. Let's do something else now, huh? <laughs> yeah. And I think we're done with this spoiler review, Holden. So why don't we yeah. do something else, huh? Yeah, works for me. All right. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right. This week, Jimmy, in regards to what I watched, um, not a ton, but one of the things I watched was the Disney film Hercules. Oh, is that good? I've been meaning to rewatch that. Um, yeah, it's so I hadn't watched it since I was like two. I feel like I really did not remember a lot about it, but I really, if I'm being honest, I went back because of Kingdom Hearts because the Hercules world takes, uh, there's a quite a bit of it in Kingdom Hearts and like James Wood as Hades and he's in the games too, but he's who plays him in the, in the movie as well. And he's just, he's so good. He's probably one of the best disney villains in general if i'm being honest like it's it kind of if i to make a comparison it feels like the energy that like robin williams brought to the genie but for a villain role makes sense um and so it's i i he completely outshines every other aspect of that movie like anytime hades was on screen it was like the best part of the movie and that's saying something because danny devito is in it so like wow um the music is okay there's a couple pretty good ones but and i think there's really only one from that movie that i really knew like before watching it yeah there are a few good musics in that one there's a few good musics I, um, I have not seen it forever either. And, yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, I, I think mean, it's worth a watch. I We watched Mulan in my class because it does a really good job of kind of defining the different gender roles within a Confucian society in ancient China. But so <laughs> I, I've been wanting to check out you know Hercules to see if there's anything. I just want an excuse to watch a movie in my class. Holden. Come on. Yeah. Well, Hercules, one of the other interesting things I'll say is it's the first time in so long that I've seen Zeus portrayed as anything other than a complete ass. <laughs> like, because in this, he's just kind of like a jovial father figure kind of guy. And I'm like, oh, Zeus is kind of a jerk. I mean, obviously, I know this is a kid's movie, but. um, He's no Liam Neeson Zeus, right? I don't Zeus remember those movies. Cra- Cla- <laughs> I said Crash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans? Clash, Wrath, one of, I think, right? Isn't he like, release the Kraken? Yeah, maybe. I think he's Zeus. I don't know. I don't remember. I saw those movies a long time ago. I only saw Wrath of the Titans. I never saw the first one. I don't know if I saw the second one. Are those movies any good? Probably <laughs> not. I remember, I saw it in theaters, and I do not remember anything except for at the end, they fight like a big volcano monster or something. That's right. They do. Should watch I, that. I think class. it's Kronos. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Liam Neeson is Zeus. Oh, and Ralph uh, Ray Fiennes is Hades. Interesting. Ray Fiennes is There's, Hades. This got a pretty good cast, <laughs> if yeah. I'm being honest. What the heck? <laughs> Rosamund Pike. Bill Nighy? What the heck? Where are all these people in this movie? Anyway, <laughs> off topic, talking about Wrath of the Titans. It's um, like it's like the Gods of Egypt movie. It's like, why are all these prominent actors <laughs> yeah, and actresses that's a good point. in this movie? You should that show that in your class. I did show a couple clips, actually, even though I have not seen the movie in its entirety, because we did learn the story that that is based on. Okay. Great story, by the way. Um, 
to learn about. Just a great mythological story to put all those Egyptian gods into context. And then the movie is kind of based on it, but really not at all. <laughs> Just an excuse um, to show some clips. <laughs> so, yeah, I showed some clips and we compared like, well, that's not what happens in the story. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, um. Oh, I also watched... What was the other movie? Oh, I watched Horrible Bosses, um, which was okay. I was just kind of flipping through HBO Max, and I was like, I want to watch something very light. And so I just watched that and has some funny moments. Uh, Kevin Spacey is in it and unfortunate, but... <laughs> <laughs> He does. He is. He is a bad guy in the movie. He he kills someone. So, um, just speaking of something very light, we didn't mention this in our tragedy of Macbeth review. But when it starts dark and then it just flashes light, and oh, yeah. since I have like the really nice TV, it just was like, <laughs> like the sun <laughs> in the middle of the day it was, and we were like, holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> Like, oh god <laughs> my eyes uh, my, my eyes. eyes yeah it's like uh king neptune in the spongebob movie yeah my <laughs> eyes my eyes um yeah sorry horrible bosses anything else holden um in of? terms of shows i've really just because uh, i have i'm watching three shows that are airing right now and that's boba fett peacemaker and euphoria so i'm not watching a ton outside of those three when new episodes come out but I will say I'm liking the other two shows. <laughs> I wish we were talking about either of those more so than we were talking about Boba Fett. But hey, well next um, week. And then games. I finished the first Kingdom Hearts. Very good. Um, I'm playing the next game, which is not Kingdom Hearts Two. This, the direct sequel is one that already is has like a spinoff title, but it's technically a direct sequel. So I'm playing that, and it's okay. I'm I'm con- I'm considering it's really repetitive so I'm considering just like watching the cutscenes online and then moving on from it but yeah uh Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. What about you, Jimmy? Um let's see Emily and I finished season 1 of The Crown finally. It feels like we've been wow. watching that show for a long time. Yeah, I I thought I figured you'd already finished, you know, a couple seasons. Um, it's, I mean, it's quite good. I enjoy it. Um, definitely learning a lot about that 20th century British history from the perspective of the monarch. Um, pretty compelling, pretty interesting. Um, then I finished season two of Succession this morning. Very good. I'm excited to start season three. I wouldn't like, I think it's a very good show. It's not like my favorite show. Like, it's not like my type of show necessarily i guess Mm -hmm. but i think it's very good but it's not like i'm at the edge of my seat i must know what happens next i must watch the next episode but i do think it is very well done um let's see game wise i haven't played games at all other than beat saber i saw that playstation had their like wrapped you know spotify wrapped thing so i looked at mine for that and they had that yeah they have that you can like look it up um (laughs) But I, uh, Beat Saber was my number one at like 78 hours, which was, I was surprised it was that few actually, but I guess it makes sense. Um, what was my number two? I can't even, I think it was like a Spider-Man remastered or something. Was oh, my okay. Two. Oh, that's a good point. I was thinking that, 
Final Fantasy would be mine, but if I platinum trophied Spider-Man Remastered, that might be number one for me. Um, otherwise, I was like, Ghost of Tsushima came out. I played it kind of over, mostly last year, or excuse me, 2020, and a little bit in 2021, but okay. still need to play that Ghost of Tsushima expansion. I really need to play Horizon again, mm-hmm. Zero Dawn, before the next one comes out, but I also need to finish Deathloop, so... <laughs> Got, yeah, I got a lot of things on your plate. And I'm going to be moving in like less than a month. So, Oh, really? Yeah, well, to a bigger apartment in my thing. That's what I said, Holden. The, the second bedroom's for the Rancor. Oh, okay. Okay, that's right. Um. So, yeah, I have a lot just going on. <laughs> and I'm pla- <laughs> and we're planning a wedding. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's nothing, Jimmy. No. No, it is absolutely nothing. So compared um, to me, who has had time to play like a hundred hours of Final Fantasy over the course of a month and Kingdom Hearts, which probably took me like fifty hours. <laughs> hey, I've been able to get through like one episode of Succession most days, though, so that's pretty oh, good nice. for me. Um, good. But yeah, let, next week, uh, Holden, we should try to let's do Peacemaker. I'll catch up. We got what five episodes will be we will have had five yep and there are six total no i think there's just eight eight so that yeah we can i can catch up this week if we don't do anything else other than book of boba sorry about the listener requests we'll get to them someday right we'll get to them when mission impossible comes out huh (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, I'm I'm excited. Have you watched any of Peacemaker yet? I mean, don't I ha- give your thoughts. No, I, I okay. haven't watched anything. Okay. I'm interested to see what you think of it. Um, we should mention, uh, we mentioned it last week, but we just recorded a guest uh, spot on a podcast, uh, Backlot 605. Uh, we reviewed the film Bully. We recorded that on Monday, and I think it came out on Wednesday or something. Um, but go check out Backlot 605 in that episode that we were on. It was pretty entertaining. I, well, not the movie, but <laughs> the conversation. The movie was uh, kind of disturbing and depressing in a lot of ways. Yeah, don't feel like you need to watch the movie in order to listen to that discussion. You, yeah. You're completely fine not watching that movie and just having it spoiled for you because it's not a movie we'd recommend to anybody, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks to them for having us on again. We appreciate that. Um but yeah, anything else before I take us home, Jimmy? No, Holden, I think you can take us home. Like we said, next week, Peacemakers, episodes one through five. Hopefully I'll get caught up. And then chapter five of Book of Boba. Is Mando going to be in it? We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> Not that I really care. <laughs> um Yeah, but if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by... Uh, I about set that out of order or by sending us an email at toppodcast.gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. Um, I have actually started posting on Facebook again, so I'm going to try to start doing that. I also have like a spare Instagram that I never use. I might, I'm considering turning that into one for Tomp as well. Um, So we'll see. Holden, I did, I caved in and I created a letterbox. You did. Yeah. I did have. You fo- did you follow me? No, I. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I think my username is like Tomp underscore Jimmy. What's yours? I think mine's just Holden Sutter or something. Here, I'm gonna find you right now on air. Oh, oh wow. I found you. 
Tomp underscore Jimmy. You put I think down the bully. only written review I did was for Bully, and I just said I did this for you, Brian. <laughs> All right. Uh, you have one follower now, Jimmy. So. Sweet. I am – at this rate, I will have infinite followers. Yeah, it really could be anything. So, yeah, you can follow me on Letterboxd. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I want to puke just saying that. Caved we peer into- pressured him on uh, Backlot 605. So if you want to hear me get peer pressured into creating a <laughs> – a letterbox account <laughs> check out that episode uh yeah and i guess if we're if we're plugging letterbox you can find me at holden sutter on letterboxd as well um, we should probably plug that more than our facebook page honestly yeah it's probably more interesting you'll probably laugh more at my letterboxd because i, I it, do put some funny stuff on there you know holden actually posts there so <laughs> yeah <laughs> I do. I put every time I watch a movie, I go on and I put it in. I usually, sometimes I won't write a review, but if I do, it's usually like a joke. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else, Holden? Um, no, I don't think that's it. I think, think that's it, Jimmy. You don't think that's it. We're I don't going think on. that's it. <laughs> Hour number two. Let's go. Um, yeah. All right. Adios, pantalones. Love you.